Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're going to talk to Bill Madden, uh, working for the New York Daily News as an independent writer these days. Bill, been a bit, been a bit more than a minute. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. I'm happy to have baseball back. I'm uh, covering baseball from uh, beautiful Clearwater, Florida, for the last couple of years. I get around a little bit uh, when the uh, when the uh, question arises or the or the occasion arises, I should say, and um, it's been great. You know, I get down to see the the Rays down here a lot, and uh, all my friends from the visiting teams come in here, so it's a good it's a good situation. Very nice. Well, since you went there, let me follow up. The Rays again having a decent season. They continue to do what they do. Minimal payroll, but always find a way to be not only above five hundred, but oftentimes above ninety wins. And they play in the worst stadium in all of Major League Baseball. Well, maybe the Oakland Coliseum could make an argument, but you get my drift. Uh, right. Are they ever going to get that fixed down there in Tampa? Are they ever going to get a stadium built? Because off what they do and how they do it, they deserve it. But there's a lot that goes into it. Is it ever going to happen for the Rays down there? Well, the problem is the owner down here doesn't want to put his own money into a stadium. <laughs> and, if that, and if he doesn't do that, I don't know how we're going to get a stadium down here because – no matter what, whether you talk to the people over in Tampa or the people over here in St. Pete, they all say, you know, we'd like to get a stadium done, but, you know, it's got to be at least a 50-50 proposition. And so far, Stu Sternberg hasn't made any inclination. He's anywhere close to putting up 50% of a stadium that's going to cost at least a billion dollars because uh, down here, as you know, Jody, you got to have a dome. Right. Uh, preferably a retractable dome, as they have in Miami. But... um this isn't quite the market that Miami is as far as corporations and things like that. And um, there's not that kind of money around here to put in a retractable dome, at least as far as I can tell. So what's the chance of them relocating? If if it's not going to get done in Tampa, is there another outlet where Sternberg can get a favorable enough deal that he says, all right, I'm moving the race? Well, that's very interesting because um, – He's kind of in a bind. I don't know if you saw my column today, but I had an item in my column today in the Daily News about the Nashville situation because you probably saw a story last week where Dave Stewart is heading up a group of um, potential owners for an expansion team in Nashville. And uh, I had asked around about Nashville a a few months ago because when it looked like Sternberg was going to have to maybe start considering other places once the uh, that dual city idea of his was shot down by the commissioner and the owners about Montreal. And uh, I was told by very good sources who reiterated that to me uh, on Friday that Nashville is never going to happen. And the reason I say that is because Atlanta and Cincinnati are adamantly opposed 
to Nashville. The reason being is Nashville is about 250 miles away from both of those cities. And even though the territorial rights in baseball, I think, I forget what it is, but I think it's like a 50-mile radius. You can't uh, have a team within a 50-mile radius. That kind of goes out the window uh, in, as far as, uh, you know, modern-day situation because of television rights and everything else. But anyway, they, they are claiming that, you know, it's a two-hour, you know, two- or three-hour drive from both of those city, cities to Nashville. And um, they are adamantly opposed, and I am told that uh, they have plenty of support around baseball uh, and that Nashville probably, because of that, is never going to get a team. I, so I remember. I remember. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going, Bill. So anyway, you eliminate Nashville, which is the number one team that everybody talks, number one place that everybody talks about for a franchise, and it would be a great major league city, I think. Uh, and then where do you go? Because remember, uh, the Rays are on the East Coast, so you can't put them in Las Vegas. That's not going to work. And Major League Baseball wouldn't be doing that. Uh, maybe Stu Sternberg goes back to Montreal and sees what you know what might transpire up there as far as getting a stadium and getting major league approval i don't think major league baseball wouldn't have any problem with montreal but the problem is whether montreal can come up with a stadium that will satisfy major league baseball and then charlotte people talk about charlotte charlotte's not a baseball town and they don't have any kind of a baseball uh group down there that's uh ready to put up money for a new stadium and all that other stuff. So Stu Sternberg is in a bind, in my opinion. He's going to have to get a deal somewhere down here. I would think Tampa is the most logical place to put, put this team, but apparently they're still having problems uh, coming up with a site in Tampa and also, again, the stadium money. And that really is contingent on Stu Sternberg. Right. I didn't think that, uh, Nashville was ever a real opportunity because – I remember Dave Dombrowski being tied to Nashville and was going to be a major mover and shaker if they got a team. And he just gave up and said, uh-oh, maybe I better take a general manager slash president job and join the Phillies because he realized Nashville was a no-go. So, yeah, that, that place just doesn't make sense. I do want to talk about where they have a team, and they support it, sometimes over-support it. That's in the Bronx. You covered the Yankees for decades, as a matter of fact, and they had a major incident there yesterday in their game against the Guardians, fans throwing stuff on the field, the players reacting to the fans. We had an incident the night before with uh, Cody Bellinger being hit by a can out in San Diego in a Dodger-Padre uh, game. Back-to-back in the days makes it more than just an isolated incident. Does Major League Baseball have an issue? Do they have a problem? If this was the year after COVID, I would understand. But we're a year and change removed now. What's the problem, Bill? Well, I don't think there's any question. There's a lot of angry fans. Uh, but, I, you know, because of the uh, the long lockout and, and, and the constant bickering over money between billionaires and kajillionaires, uh, there's no question that there is, there's a lot of animosity, fan animosity around the country but that said uh i would hope that these were two isolated incidents most importantly we don't i would definitely hope that this is not a trend that we're going to continue to see this happening both incidents were terrible uh we've had this before i mean throughout the history of baseball fans throwing stuff on the field and having to be you know uh, a lot of times in yankee stadium i might add um uh but um you know, 
I I think we have to wait a while, Jody, before we think that this is uh you know this okay. is uh, a trend starting here, and this, this anger is going to be manifesting itself all over all over baseball. Bill Madden, our guest, uh, writer for the Daily News, been covering Major League Baseball for the last five, close to five decades, as a matter of fact. Um, one of the other things that's jumped out first couple weeks of the season for me, Bill, is home runs are down. Uh, a goodly amount, not a, oh, my God, the game has changed kind of amount, but in uh, the trending cycle where home runs have just gone up and up and up, they've come down the first two and a half, three weeks of the season here. Any reason for it? Uh, I would suspect, yes. I would suspect that Major League Baseball did a little fine-tuning with the baseballs <laughs> over the winter. And they would, I mean, they openly admitted that they you know, were looking into – uh, the way the baseballs have been constructed down there in Costa Rica or wherever it is they do it now. And um, so I suspect if home, if this continues that home runs are down, you can look right to Major League Baseball and uh, the fact that they've had uh, a quote-unquote restructuring of the baseballs undertaken over the winter. And I have no problem with that. I mean, they've changed the construction of the baseballs for years, so... If anything, that would be the answer to why home runs are down. But it's early, Jody. We'll see what happens when the weather starts warming up. It could very well uh, pick back up again. You're right. And I would uh, use as an example as uh, why the home runs might be down or the ball has been uh, readjusted. How many pitchers have complained about the ball this year? Every single year it seems like a yearly thing. Pitchers, it, it, it's too slick. The uh, uh, the seams are a little high, and they're causing injuries. And like, I don't know that I've read one complaint about the way the baseball is out of a pitcher's point of view this year. That means to me it's a little bit softer. They can get a good grip on it. And if it's softer, that means it's not going to fly out of the park. Well, you're right, Jody, and uh, there hasn't been any discussion of the sticky stuff. Once they had uh, the crackdown on it last year, um, it did it did have a noticeable difference in the way things were happening with the pitchers. But I think most of the pitchers, maybe with the possible exception of Garrett Cole, who pitched pretty well today, uh, have been able to make that adjustment without having the sticky stuff. And I think if it continued to be a problem for the pitchers, I think baseball was ready to probably lessen the restrictions on, on that whole uh, sticky stuff business. But so far, nobody's complaining, and uh, uh, the game goes on without at least that issue plaguing it. Bill Madden, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking MLB. All right, Bill, I uh, didn't know if I was going to see it in my lifetime. You probably even more so in your lifetime the pitchcom, the digital transference of information between pitchers and catchers um, to take away the potential of sign stealing in Major League Baseball. I had no idea how it was going to work. I'm all for improving the game and whatever technology we can use to do that, so be it. Um, but I wasn't sure that this was going to work. But again, getting very little negative feedback for this. No, not everybody uses it. Some have said, hey, I'm just not going to do that because it's not the way I pitch uh, or I look at the game. But most seem to uh, like it and are using it, and there has been no uh, question of sign stealing and the like. This this is here to stay, is it not? Well, I would say absolutely, definitely. Uh, uh, I am too. I'm very surprised that there hasn't been more complaints or more uh 
issues with the fact that it's it's a kind of a complicated thing, uh, but it seems to be working okay. There hasn't been I you know what I thought was going to happen. I thought there was going to be a, this was going to only add further to the lengths of games because right. of uh, miscommunication with the mechanics of the uh, the catcher's helmet or whatever you know, and and the pitcher and everything else, but. Apparently, it seems to be working all right, which leads me to believe that eventually everybody will be doing it. And they did a good job of making the technology easy enough to use that seems like everybody has adapted. All right, yesterday we had a milestone set in Major League Baseball. Miguel Cabrera added 3,000 hits to his 500 home run total, one of only seven in the history of the game who achieved both of those numbers, one of which is Albert Pujols. And both Miggy and Albert are hanging tough, having years late in their career, still productive players for their teams. Which of those two is the best hitter we've had in Major League Baseball over the last 20 years? Um, I would have to say Miggy because, uh, as as you know, Jody, I mean, Albert Pujols has had two two careers, one with the Cardinals where he was above and, above and beyond the best player in baseball, certainly the best hitter in baseball. And then when he went to the Angels, he was a considerably different player. Uh, whereas Miggy has been consistent from start to finish, uh, he still, you know, when, when they gave him that extension, that crazy extension uh, a few years ago, another eight or nine years, I forget what it was, that Illich, in his old age, the Tigers owner gave him, because he loves Mickey, and he gave him this big extension. I thought that was going to be a complete, total waste of money after the first few years. But, you know, and Mickey's not the player he was, but he's still a pretty good hitter. Yep. And, uh for me, the, he's the best right-handed hitter maybe I've ever seen. Uh, I, I, I put Edgar Martinez in that category uh, through all the years he was with Seattle. Uh, and, I, you know, as a kid, I mean, I saw a lot of great hitters in, in my time. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's different when you're watching them as a fan and when you're watching them as a, as a writer covering yeah. these gay, guys on an everyday basis. The guy who I would put in that mix, too, uh, maybe the best I've seen during my years, just short of what your years are, uh, I loved Manny. Uh, Manny was a nut. and Manny, uh, you, We could tell Manny stories for the next 40 minutes here, but just pure right-handed hitting, I'd put him in that group with Albert and uh, McGee as well. Well, I agree with you on that, uh, Jody, but pardon me, but I, I just automatically eliminate all the steroids guys from my gotcha. lexicon. That's fair. Fair enough. I don't consider them, you know, anybody that, you know, I, I agree. Manny was a natural. And I don't know why he felt he needed to do steroids to be even better because this guy was just, un, he, he was unbelievable. And uh, I'm going all the way back to when he was playing up in there in Washington Heights, you know, and the scouts raved about him back then. And, uh, you know, he, he was what he was, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stone cold natural hitter, but you're right. He is one of those guys who uh, we do have to judge through the lens of uh, performance enhancing. All right, last thing. Since we started with the Rays, you being down in Florida these days, let me go to the other team that has major issues, and that's the Oakland A's. Um, if the stadium that you do head over to every once in a while, the Trop, isn't the one, the Oakland Coliseum is coming apart at the hinges, and they're still playing Major League Baseball there, and it's a ridiculous notion. But Oakland's still trying to get a stadium as well, but they're getting 
2,500, 3,000 for their games these days, and rightfully so because the A's took the team apart during this offseason. They're putting together a lesser product, but yet they're right at 500 to start this season, almost Tampa-like that they're winning games that uh, we don't think they should be able to win is the fact that nobody's going to the games in Oakland to start the season a good thing or a bad thing for Major League Baseball? Well, I think it's a it's a telling thing for Major League Baseball because yep. what's going on there, Jody, is this is an unofficial fans boycott. Yep. There's been a group out there that's been telling people, don't go to the games. We're sick and tired of John Fisher and his policies with his team. I mean, not only did he tear the team apart again, traded the whole guts of the team away, he's raised ticket prices this year. And the fans out there have been pretty faithful to the A's because they understand when Billy Bean was – calling the shots and and doing his whole money ball thing and all everything else. They understood that, and they kind of appreciated the kind of players Billy brought in. They were grinders, all these guys. They may not have been superstars, and, and they understood that when they were going to be unable to sign their stars like Jason Giambi and people like that, the fans tolerated that because they understood. This is a little different. Uh, Billy Bean's been kind of pushed out of the picture there. He became exasperated with the fact that he couldn't he could he could never get to the World Series because of the fact that they were always limiting his payroll. He could do do just so much, and so. But this year, uh, you know, with Billy not really calling the shots out there anymore, just collecting his money, I guess. Uh, Fisher does this to the team again, and um, you know that's a that's a winnable division. The West has always been a winnable. I mean, Houston's a great team. Take nothing away from them. But, you know, there's still a wild card out there in that division, uh, which the A's have gotten a lot. Yep. But, I mean, Bob Melvin leaves as manager. I mean, he had another year in his contract and just let him go, uh, I guess, because they, you know, they did him a favor because he'd been such a good manager to them. And they knew that he wasn't going to be able to win with the product that they were going to be putting on the field this year. And they let him go. But, I mean, what does that say to the fans? You're letting Bob Melvin, one of the best managers in baseball, walk away, uh, you know, with no compensation or anything like that. And then, and, and then you do this to our team. And then you raise the ticket prices on us. Yeah, it is a sad situation in Oakland, which is too bad because they're off to a decent start. But, uh, yeah, they, they need to get some answers out there. Don't know when they're coming. We got answers from you today, Mr. Madden. I thank you much for that. I will send my regards to my father for you. Thanks for a couple thank minutes you. here today, Bill. Okay, my- Jody, my pleasure. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.